Lake Hickory Haunts is celebrating its 12th season, but getting here wasn't easy. That's coming up on today's show. From the Haunted Attraction Network, I'm Philip, and this is our 61-day Hauntathon, where we're counting down to Halloween by celebrating haunted houses daily via videos, podcasts, and VIP in-person experiences. Since this podcast is only one part of our Hauntathon, the best way to follow along is by subscribing to our newsletter or by checking our website at hauntedattractionnetwork.com. Spanning 30 acres and 13 attractions, Lake Hickory Haunts has grown into a full screen park in Hickory, North Carolina. But it's been quite the journey. The owner, Ryan Settlemeyer, started the haunt at 17 and threw himself completely into it, even dropping out of college and leaning heavily on the support of family to do it. But we're getting ahead of ourselves. <laughs> we'll hear about all of it today. Support for this episode comes from Haunt Pay. Their support allowed me to go out and speak with Ryan. We also made a full video walkthrough of Lake Hickory Haunts, if you're curious about what we're talking about, and that is linked in the show notes. Haunt Pay is scary, simple ticketing and payments made for your haunted attractions. Check them out at hauntpay.com. Okay, now here's Ryan and I speaking in person at Lake Hickory Haunts. My name is Ryan Settlemeyer. I'm the owner and director of operations at Lake Hickory Haunts. I've been doing this my entire adult life. It's been my full-time job since I was 17 years old. Lake Hickory Haunts is my life. So we have 13 attractions that all guests experience. So all of those attractions are included with admission, whether it's general admission, VIP, fast pass. We're an indoor-outdoor attraction with a unique setting that features water. So as you're walking through the attraction, you walk around water and across the water and then along the lake. Lake Hickory Haunts was started back in 2012. And then since then, this is our 12th season in 2023. So every year we've grown it as much as possible. You arrive and you enter into the Midway of Mayhem, which has the photo ops. It's a DJ and it looks like a nice hangout place to be in. Yep. Yep. And then you'll go down to the ghost town before you enter the queue. And the attractions are all in a linear pathway. That's right. Okay. So our midway, we have, of course, concessions. We have six midway attractions. Those are an additional ticket. They're, most of them are $5 a piece. Some are 10. We have the 4D Asylum Experience, which is a simulator. We have Buried Alive Coffin Rides. We have a mini escape room. We have Dracula's Dizzy Darts, which is a custom-made game that we made back in 2012 that you'll get to see tonight. We also have Axe Throwing and the Monster mash and for our vip customers we offer a vip lounge on our midway so that's an exclusive area where only vip pass holders can go then the ghost town is an attraction in its own as well that's a transition between the midway and the beginning of the real scary stuff if that makes sense so mm -hmm. the ghost town is uh, uh you could call it like a scare zone and then, like you said, Nightmare Factory all the way through Mangler at the end, all of those attractions, it's nonstop scares all the way through. Can you give us a rough estimate of the square footage of everything all together? So square, not square footage, I could say we're operating on about 30 acres of land yeah. total. That includes our parking. We have lots more room to grow though. So yeah. total, we've got 75 plus acres and we're utilizing less than 50% right now. And we plan to continue to grow. Yeah. 
how long does it take somebody on average to get through the attractions once they start at the Nightmare Factory? On average, between 45 and 55 minutes. It all depends on the night and the group. Big Top is new for this year. Can you tell me about that? So the Big Top Circus features three buildings within it. So you could say the Big Top Circus has three attractions in its own, but we just call it one. So each of those buildings are about a thousand square feet. So you've got over 3000 square feet there in the Big Top Circus alone. We have one attraction there, which is the Freak Show, one that is the Fun House, and one that is Boss the Clown's Top Secret Laboratory. (laughs) So the idea is, and this is a a good uh, snippet of behind the scenes, how our creation of the attractions goes. So you could say you go into the Big Top Circus and there's this freak show, right? And for some reason, people are attracted to freak shows. They like it, right? So that draws people into the Big Top Circus. Then you go through the fun house after the freak show and the fun house is like Candyland. That's the best way I could describe it. And it's amazing. It's it's where the clowns are overloaded on sugar, just pure pleasure, right? And then Boss the Clown's laboratory is right after the fun house. So it's like you've been tricked. Now you're in Boss's laboratory and Boss the Clown's goal is to turn the humans into clowns so that he can take over the world. Um, that's Boss the Clown's backstory and our clown's story as a whole. So our circus attraction has always been different. Boss the Clown is also the character that I played originally, created back in 2013. I played that character through 2017, I believe. And then I had to pass it on because it's just too hard to manage this many people and everything with a mask. Boss the Clown lives on though. We actually have multiple Boss the Clowns throughout the haunt. But anyway, so that's the new Big Top Circus. Oh, that's exciting. And you also mentioned Aquaphobia as being a pretty unique one for you guys. Yep. So Aquaphobia we created back in 2020. And because we are on the water, that is the on the water attraction. While you'll go across the water and by the water throughout other attractions, Aquaphobia, you walk across a floating dock out across the water and then you go into this abandoned fishing village. And then it's just, it's hard to explain. You have to see it for yourself, but it's the city of Aquaphobia was sunk and flooded years ago. The backstory is back in 1931, this fishing village was doing very well, it was prosperous. The people living in the village were just trying to make as much money as they can, fishing too much, basically killing all the fish. And then this water demon came from the depths of the water and flooded the village. And then now, a hundred years later, that village has risen from the depths of the water. And now all of those fish creatures, sharks, krakens, all anything water you could imagine is back to get you. And our center character of Aquaphobia is Vadianoi. Vadianoi is a creature that looks like an anglerfish mixed with a piranha, and he's a, he's a really unique character as well. So it sounds like you you use the asset that you have, which is the, the water that you have naturally here. You're incorporating that into some of these attractions when there's water around, right? Yep. That's a great point. That is one thing that truly we've always tried to do here is utilize the lay of our land and to highlight what is natural for us. Yeah. Because again, that's what makes it unique. And for me on a personal level it's family land so it's a heritage Mm -hmm. thing right and it's we want to make this the coolest it can be and have people come from all over and enjoy it we do have an overlook as well the Mm -hmm. overlook is between the midway and ghost town and that's a really cool 
spot that you'll see where you can oversee almost the entire haunt and you're it's the haunt is way down in this hollow and you're up here on this overlook and you can see all the attractions you're about to go through and our attractions are also different levels because of the fact that we have water so where aquaphobia is it's down here on this level and then where voodoo and slaughterhouse descent are they're up a, a level and then you go up to Nightmare Factory, Lair of the Undead, Big Top Circus, they're up higher. Mm -hmm. Then you go to Ghost Town and then Midway and then up here at the box office. So it's like the further you get into the haunt, the further down you are and the further away from safety, quote unquote, right? That's the feeling. Yeah. So it's a, yeah. I think you'll see it's a very unique atmosphere overall. Oh, excellent. So you're playing with levels as well. Like you mentioned the descent, you're going down. So you're playing with that. Assume people, people can feel that when right. they're going up and down the elevation like that, even though it's, it's not like a thousand feet, it's, but you can still feel it in right. the pressure. Yeah. Yeah, that's excellent. Let's let's talk a little bit about the founding. You mentioned that it was that it's a family property, yep. and that you started that it became your full time when you were seventeen. Yep. But before that, what were you doing haunting? How did you start? The way that I started was my dad Scott. He was acting in the Hudson JC's haunted house back in the eighties, right? So the volunteer JC's haunted house. And he got into it when he was 16 years old. That's back when it was black plastic on the walls. And then when my dad was older and I was a bit older, I was probably, I was seven or eight, seven. And we did a volunteer haunted trail at our house where we donated the money to someone with cancer. And we did that for a couple years and we just did it for the fun of it, right? And then I just had always had this dream of making this a full-time job. Mm -hmm. And many family members, lots of people said, you can't do that. And of course that just drove me even more to do it. So I worked one regular job, which was Waffle House. That's the only <laughs> real job I've had. And then I was like, nope, gonna stick to haunting. And my favorite part about what we do is creating an immersive atmosphere for people to enjoy. Mm -hmm. And I was also inspired by Disney World, as I'm sure many people are. When I went to Disney as a child, it was really weird because like my whole family was having a fun time and I was having fun too, but like I was noticing weird things. I was like, the ba this bathroom looks cool. This is just the bathroom. And then I, so then I was like, it would be really cool to create those immersive atmospheres. So then when people come to Lake Hickory Haunts, my goal is, our goal is to allow people to forget about all their everyday lives. And especially nowadays with social media and the way information travels, there's so much stress sometimes mm -hmm. with families, with relationships. So when those people come here, at least during that time, the goal is to make have them forget about all of those problems. And then when they leave, they're happy, they're closer with each other. And it's really serving that overall larger purpose of just bringing people together, having a fun time, feeling alive, and that's our goal. So I think I got a little off track there, but. So it sounds like you you got into it, you're a little bit like inspired by your dad, right? Were you and your dad? 
Yes. Were you, were you and your dad close? Was it that thing where you were like, oh, this is so cool that we're doing this? You yes, know? absolutely. Okay. That was something that my dad and I were, were brought together by, and my dad and I have always had a close relationship. My dad has a construction background. He actually mm. teaches masonry at a high school. That makes sense. Um, yeah. But he was a general contractor, so my dad introduced me to building, to learning how to build and all of that. And of course, that was a huge help in getting started with haunting. Yeah, I was going to say because it's there's so many <clears throat> there's so many skills you need to have because it's a small business but it's also uh, a construction it, a challenge and, and as well a show. as and a show. Yeah, there's the entertain there's a lot of skills to have to it. When you think about that like how do you think that you acquired those skills or you had the construction from your dad obviously and then uh, maybe did he also give you some of the business advice or where'd you pick up all these skills? <laughs> So Waffle House, (laughs) not Waffle House. That's for sure. It taught me some things, but most of it has just been learned the hard way. I, me personally, I don't think that college is necessary for most fields. Some fields it's necessary. The best way to learn is to just go do it. And for me, I just knew and I set my mind and I said, you know what? I'm going to do this come hell or high water and I'm going to learn how to do it. And I can tell you a story. For example, it was back years ago, I didn't know how to wire anything. So I was like, I'm going to learn how to wire lights. So I got a power supply and it probably took me two hours to wire up one light right now. I mean, it's such a simple thing that we all the time. Now we have a team, but all of these skills, whether it be marketing, building, leading, it's all come from the experience of operating Lake Hickory Haunts, learning the hard way, doing it wrong, figuring out how to do it right. And uh, yeah, it's just been just been learning the hard way. Yeah. So you didn't go to school for like entrepreneurship or anything? So I did. I did go to school for entrepreneurship and accounting. And I was one semester away from graduating and I decided to drop out because I thought to myself, why am I doing this? Why am I going to college? And I said, I'm doing it because other people want me to. Family members want me to. And then I said, you know what? I'm just going to not do it because I don't want a backup plan. I just Mm -hmm. want to go all in on Lake Hickory haunts. And so I basically said, all right, no other backup plan. College isn't a backup plan. Let's go all into Lake Hickory haunts. So I do have some education experience, but I, it's so funny, but I now looking back, but I did purposefully quit college just so I could tell myself I'm going to do this without a college degree to show people that it can be done. Was that your thought at the time or at the time? Because in my brain, I'm thinking, okay, you are 17 when you started doing it, but that's before the college. Right. So basically you were trying to run a professional haunt and be a, a college student exactly. at the same time. So I was in class, It right? sounds like too much. Yeah. Right. And like- I was doing social media and then having to leave class and go get ready. And then I had homework. And yes, that absolutely added to it. And I was like, this is too much. I need to go all in on on this thing because that's what I'm passionate about. I'm passionate about Lake Hickory Haunts. I care about it. I think it helps a lot of people. I think that it helps our community. And I truly believe that for me, it's about putting it all into one thing. And then that one thing can do the best that it can do for others. Yeah. How did your family take it when you were like, I'm going to drop out to make this thing happen? (laughs) So I have divorced parents. I have great relationships with both of my parents. One half of 
my family, you could say, is more focused on education. The other half is more focused on trade. So one half of the family was supportive of it and the other half was not. So it's a funny situation. But I, my background, I do have a, I, I see it as a blessing having diversified family. It's, it's really been a benefit in business. Yeah. How, tell me how it worked financially, because mm. I would say most haunts, I'm not going to say, when people ask me about the haunt industry, I tell them haunts are like restaurants, except harder. <laughs> it's a heavy capital investment and you lose money every time you turn on the lights and you have your cast, you have so many temporary workers that come in out and there's so many challenges with it. And most haunts I know are not cash flow positive for like for five years plus. Yeah. And I'm just like, this dude drop, this dude starts his haunt at 17, but he's also paying for college, but he's also trying to run a haunt. How did that, like, how did, how could you possibly make that work? So I literally, <laughs> uh, I lived in my dad's house until I was 23. Got it. And I did that on purpose to yeah. be able to put everything back into the haunt. Uh, the first year uh, we charged $13 a ticket. Yep. It was what we could come up with. As far as the experience, we did what we could. And we started small with advertising. That was one strategy that I don't know why, I couldn't tell you why, but I just had this feeling. I was like, the show's not as good as it will be one day. And that was the opening year, right? And I, the next year I said, it's better now. So let's advertise a bit more. And then over the years, I advertised a bit more. And then there was one point where it came, which was 2021, where many of the visions that i had had planned for years had finally came together. And in 2021, I said, all right, now let's market it. Because now if people come, we are going to give them the experience they're looking for, no matter where they're coming from. But every single year, we put every single dollar and more. I mean, you so much stress. Yeah every year because literally running out of money in early summer, late spring, and then the rest of the year going yep. on borrowed money. Yep. And then halfway through season before we even break even. And then at the end, we barely pay bills and then do it again. Yeah. And that's one thing that for me, I'm, I'm okay with risk, which is easy when you're single and you're young and you're living with your parents. But then when you get older and now I'm married, that's when the, the stress becomes a bit more because not only my family is depending on me, but also employees. We have full-time mm -hmm. employees. So now it's not just me. So that risk balance is something that's a challenge for me now that I'm learning to work with. Yeah. You could say. Yeah. It, it sounds like you, I guess to verify when you started, has it always been in this footprint? Like, so it's always been on your family land. Yes. Okay. So I think that's a, probably a big piece of it too. It's not like you were going out and trying to get a lease. So it's like you had the land and you started small with what you could afford to buy with putting all your personal savings and money into it. Absolutely. And then, and and now I think to, to give listeners context, right? For those that don't understand, right? Like the way any seasonal business like this works, it's like you have to pay all your bills up front because you have to pay for the construction costs and for makeup and for you know, all that marketing, all that. And then you don't get money until people buy tickets. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then sometimes depending on your ticketing, some of the ticketing people hold 
a portion of that money until after the ticket has been redeemed or after the event sell date. So some platforms will hold on to some of your cash as well. So generally, haunts have to get uh, short-term loans be to cover that time period between when you have to start putting in money and then time when you get your ticket sales in and say so have to go to bank and get all that stuff. So yeah. to give context on that. That's what when you said earlier when you're like you're like getting loans and then. And then Absolutely, to, yeah. and, and that's what it and was. it's terrifying was, each year, yeah, because then you don't know. If you don't sell the tickets, you have all these loans you have to pay back. And that's something that people don't see. And yeah. I know, of course, I'm not the only person in the haunt industry that has experienced that. Almost every single successful haunt has done that. One thing I see uh, in, in the industry is oftentimes I see haunts who go for marketing first because they're chasing the money. I'm not calling anyone out specifically, and I genuinely don't have a, any single haunt in mind on that note but that's one thing that i always told myself was i am not going to chase the money because i'm faith driven i am a christian that's just my personal belief but i've always had faith that if we if i do it for the right reason then the other stuff will come and i really try to keep it that way because once you could say once the money does start coming it can become hard to not make it about that. And yeah. for me, it's just this thing that I've got where I'm like, nope, still gonna put it all back into it because it's about the show. That's what got us here. That's what'll keep us going is reinvesting. And that's what our customers are. Our customers are investing in us, right? When our customers come here and they pay for an experience, that's an investment and that's their money. That's the way I look at it. And it's what are we going to do with their money? Are we going to put it in our pockets and go buy a huge house and this and that? Or are we going to give them a better show? And that helps them. That helps the community. That helps the industry. And yeah, that's what we've always tried to do at Lake Hickory Haunts. And so long as I'm alive, Lord willing, and hopefully we will continue to do that. Tell me about when did you get married? 2021 wow. bought, bought a house and got married during the same year when I said, let's go all in on Lake Hickory Haunts marketing. And how is it, how is that going? Is it because you hear all the time about, you see all those memes, right? Where the haunts, where it's like, you tell the wife, I'll see you in November. <laughs> yeah. That kind of a thing. Does, does your wife work with you in the business or does she do something else? Yes, she does work with us in the business. She is here right now, actually. Okay. Morgan is my wife's name and she manages the box office. Oh, okay. So she's our sales manager. She is also a nurse. So she works night shift oh, as wow. a nurse. During haunt season, she adjusts her schedule. She works in the critical care unit. So she works during haunt season, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, sometimes Thursday, and then she gets off for the weekend to be able to be here. And so it's pretty crazy for both of us during season. Yeah, but at least I think that's a common theme we hear too, is at least your family's together in Absolutely. the haunt. That's very, it's just so tough running a show that consumes your whole time, right? It is. Of it. Do you ever think about what you have sacrificed to be able to do the haunt? Oh yeah. Yeah. I sacrificed a lot, which, you know, I don't want to come across in a braggadocious way, right? But in my 20s, I'm 28 now, so I'm not 30 yet. But when I was 20, 21, 22, 23, 24, my friends were going out partying. I was at the haunt working. I had, and my wife and I were dating many of those years. And lots of that time, it was insane how much I worked. Okay, it was... I. It, it was like seven days a week, like yep. 14 to 18 hours all yep. year long, just because I wanted to make the best show that could be made. And that was before there was money for staff. And I lost a lot of, 
lost a lot of friends over that because I just didn't have time to be able to go and be social. And then eventually it was like, okay, now things, now we have a team, now things operate themselves better. And now it's just a totally different world. It's hard to explain, but yeah, there was so much sacrifice to get to this point. I could go on forever about it, but lots and lots. Yeah, I find it, it always is like, money is one thing and you hear a lot of people talk about the money, but I find for me when with my haunt and for the stuff that when I was a pro haunter, it's, I feel like it's more the time and the people. Yeah, it's, yeah and it's almost like you, I think a lot of haunters, you lose out on those moments to make friends or you just, yeah, and a lot of people just don't, they don't get it or they don't, you have these relationships and they're like, what do you mean you're not gonna be available for three months? And I'm like, and then it's, I think that's why when you, the haunt family comes in, cause it's those people that are there with you. So you just kind of, you see them because they're there working with you or acting with you or whatever. Yeah. And, and that is true. There is, it is a haunt family. The people that are here, it's like a lot of times they're like, we have many different people, right? We have people who you could say are redneck. You, you, we have people who you could say are goth or hippie or every side of the spectrum, but the haunt brings everyone together. And that's a really awesome thing to see as well. Yep. When you're thinking about your, this whole journey that you've gone through since when you were first starting at 17 to where you are now, almost your 13th year, how much fit do you think is, was luck and how much fit do you think was hard work? That's a good question. Might have to take a minute to think on that. Luck is when preparation meets opportunity. Mm. And opportunity comes to those who look for it. And if you are prepared when the opportunity comes, then that's what people call luck. And you can call it luck, but the way I see it is every year from 2012 through 2020, I was putting everything in that I could not getting really anything back, like yeah. pretty much giving it all get everything was going out emotions, yeah. time, sleep, everything you're just giving and giving and just trusting that one day that will pay off. And for me, that was it just continuously doing it. And then in 2020, and 2021, it's that's when the opportunity came. And because I had been working nonstop, literally, <laughs> I was prepared for that and everything just fell right into place that way. So I would say to be successful, you do need luck and you do need hard work, but don't worry about the details. They'll take care of themselves because the only thing you can control is how hard you work. And that is the one thing that differentiates anyone because talent is one thing. Skill is another thing. But the one thing that you can affect, no matter who you are, is how much you put in. And that's when people aren't watching. Yeah. That's when people, just like you, just like this channel, the Haunted Attraction Network, you see all these polished videos and all these followers and all this awesome stuff going on. I know that you, Philip, I know that you put time in for years and years and years before anything happened. And then people say, look how lucky he is. No, it's not luck. It's hard work. And then the opportunity comes. So yeah. I think luck is a funny word. I think I don't want to offend anyone, but I think that luck is a word that some people use to make themselves feel better. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I just, it's an interesting thing I think about too, because on the one hand, I think with both of us, you could say that we were lucky in that I, when I did my haunt and then after that, I 
very similar route. I could live with my parents. Like I could live with my family so I could put some money into the haunt. And even now I can be flexible. I have a flexible job so I can, so people could look at that and say it's luck, but then I'm like, also they, also there's the working 16 hours a day and literally ignoring my friends for months or just not having, not being able to date because there's just no way there's, so it's one of those things where it's, yeah, you had, um, you know, just like me too with the family, but then you had land that you could go on. So you didn't have to find the location, but on the other end, you had to make the location work. Right. It's, if somebody's <laughs> looking to be successful, use what you have yeah. and everybody's given different opportunities, right? Yeah. I'm not good at everything. I can promise you that, right? But there's some things I'm good at and I try to double down on my strengths. And I think like in school, I and mean, we could go on with this forever, but like in school, they say they teach you to focus on your weaknesses. It's if you're not good at math, get better at math. My philosophy is focus on what you're good at. Yeah. That's the kind of world we live in. You, this is the, 2023, no matter how it looks, this is the best time to be alive ever. And <clears throat> there's opportunities everywhere, especially yeah. with social media. So use what you have and use that to the best of your ability and make the most of it and it will work like you said i was blessed with family land with the opportunity to create an experience for people a large show but everybody's different yeah the last question i have for you to, before we wrap up here is <clears throat> we have a lot of younger listeners that listen and we get a lot of people that write into the show and they ask us like how do i do this or whatever mm. what would you tell somebody who is around your age, I think at that time, seven, like thinking of going to college or still in high school and they want to do this, but let's just say that it's somebody, you know, maybe they don't have the land or they don't have the, just a regular kid. What, what would you tell a regular kid that wants to do this? So if you mean when people ask, ask for advice, I see that often where people on Facebook or social media will say, yeah. Hey, what should I do? Or can you help me with yeah. getting started and yeah. this and that? Yeah. And I say, if you need reassurance to be told that it's going to work for you, don't do it because it's going to become so hard at times that if you don't love it and if you're not doing it because of the drive that's within, you'll quit. If you need somebody else's validation to follow your dream, then just don't do it. But if you have this burning desire that you want to make this thing happen, then my suggestion is just make up in your mind, come hell or high water, I'm going to figure it out, I'm going to learn it. And the biggest thing is I'm not going to quit. And that's one quote from Babe Ruth, a baseball player that sticks in my mind was, he said, usually it's the, the person who refuses to give up who wins. And I think that's true. So if you want to start your own thing, tell yourself, say, I'm not going to quit and I'm going to learn. Use Google, use YouTube, use the Internet. And if you get to talk to somebody with experience, that's awesome. Use that advice. Uh, that helps save you lots of hard knocks learning, right? You can read a book and it, it, it can save you tons of experience. Life is the best experience teacher, but if you can learn it, if you can learn things with books and with information on the internet and learn things the hard way and you just keep going, you will be successful if you just don't quit. Thank you for listening to today's episode. If you found today's episode insightful, please share it with someone you know. Support for this episode comes from Haunt Pay. 
HauntPay is scary, simple ticketing and payments made for your haunted attractions. Find them at hauntpay.com. Today's episode was produced and edited by me, Philip Hernandez, with post-production by David Swope and original music composed by Chris Thomas. We're counting down to Halloween with daily podcasts, videos, and events in our 61-day Hauntathon. Follow along at the link in our show notes. Our Hauntathon is made possible through generous support from Gantam Lighting and Controls. Gantam illuminates attractions worldwide with the world's smallest intelligent spotlights. See what you're missing with a free demo. Sign up at gantam.com demo. That's gantam.com demo. Our Hauntathon team includes Daryl Plunkey, Emily Louise Rua, Megan Spells, Gavin Burns, and Omni Adventures. And our content partners for this year include Attractions Magazine, Creepy Kingdom, Freaks of HHN, Haunt Topic Radio, Kevin Heimbach, Muse TV, Omni Adventures, Scare Track, Sharp Productions, That Halloween Podcast, The Horror of Being Emily, The Scare Factor, and This Weekend with Nick Pagliocchini. The best way you can support us this Halloween season is by sharing our Hauntathon with someone you think will enjoy it. And to follow along to our Hauntathon, sign up for our weekly newsletter at hauntedattractionnetwork.com. We'll catch you back here tomorrow and every day until Halloween. Until next time, stay scary. This is a Haunted Attraction Network production.